Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Well, howdy and good morning, faithful listeners. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of the Bible Explained podcast, and I'm so excited that you're here to share a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with me this morning as we read some scriptural passages. Now, I am actually not drinking coffee or tea this morning. I never drink tea, but I'm not drinking coffee this morning. I'm actually drinking a smoothie, which is very disgusting. It is not a good smoothie at all. It was something I made for dinner last night, and I'm trying to make my way through it. I have been drinking this thing for the past three hours, trying to get through it. And uh, I think that this smoothie is a miss for me. It is just, if I'm trying to eat healthy, I can't eat stuff like this, or I can't drink stuff like this because I just won't be healthy. You know, I, I will give up and not end up being healthy in the long run if this is what I'm drinking. So I think I'm going to end up throwing this thing out. It's, <laughs> it's not very good. But all right, let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 20, 18 through 28. I hope you have something better to drink this morning than what I currently have. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and read this out of the W.E.B. or whatever version of scripture you prefer to read out of. The children of Israel arose, went up to Bethel, and asked counsel of God. They asked, Who shall go up for us first to battle against the children of Benjamin? Yahweh said, Judah first. The children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went out and battled against Benjamin. And the men of Israel set a battle in array against them at Gibeah. The children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah, and on that day destroyed 22,000 of the Israelite men down to the ground. The people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and set the battle again in array in the place where they set themselves in array the first day. The children of Israel went up and wept before Yahweh until evening, and they asked Yahweh, saying, Shall I again draw near to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? Yahweh said, Go up against him. The children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. Benjamin went out against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel again 18,000 men. All these drew the sword. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came to Bethel and wept and sat there before Yahweh and fasted that day until evening. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before Yahweh. The children of Israel asked Yahweh, for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? Yahweh said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver him into your hand. I was wrong. I was wrong about this entire story. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. First and foremost, I'm going to give you a recap of what is happening here. So this Levite had a concubine and they were traveling to Shiloh and they ended up staying in this area of Gibeah. And Gibeah was in the tribe of Benjamin. Now, when the Levite and his concubine were there, there were some evil men from Gibeah that were pounding on the door, demanding that the Levite man come out so that the men of Gibeah could rape him, okay? So they could sodomize him. But the Levite, 
being just a stand-up guy, throws his concubine out, drags her out, and throws her out to these terrible men, and they ended up raping her, and she ended up dying from this ordeal. So then the Levite coldly takes her home, like takes her body home, and uh, cuts her up into 12 different pieces, and then mails the pieces of her body to each tribe in Israel. And so that's where we get to today is this caused a civil war because all of Israel was obviously very shocked and disturbed that they received a body part in the mail. And uh, of course, they were like, how could this happen? How could the men of Benjamin do something this terrible to this concubine woman? How could this happen? So all of Israel was united from this against the tribe of Benjamin because obviously those evil men were from Benjamin. So all of Israel tells Benjamin, they're like, hey, Benjamin, bring out these evil guys that did this to this concubine or die, basically. So Benjamin was like, no, we're not going to do that. And so Benjamin starts preparing for civil war. And that is where we left off on Monday. Now, here's where I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong because I had told you guys that this story probably took place about 400 years after Israel was in the wilderness. That's that's not right. Because I, f- I figured it out today that Phineas was still alive. You know, Phineas, the grandson of Aaron, you know, the, the first high priest way back in the wilderness. There is no way this story could have taken place 400 years after the wilderness because Phineas is still alive. It mentions his name in verse 28. It says, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before the Ark of the Covenant in those days. This means that this story of corruption and of these horrific evil men from the tribe of Benjamin who slaughtered that concubine, this likely took place about 100 years after the wilderness. This means that the Civil War happened way earlier than you would ever expect it to happen. And when I researched this, I found out that the book of Judges is is pretty linear when it comes to talking about each individual judge, because it's like this judge happened, then this judge, then this judge, then this judge. So they're all pretty linear in that fact. But the two stories that we recently discussed This story about the concubine getting cut up. And then the last story we talked about where the tribe of Dan went and stole those idols, remember, and um, went and like conquered a people up north. These past two stories likely took place way earlier than expected. So they took place probably before the majority of the judges that we have been talking about. So it's kind of interesting You know, it really brings into perspective how quickly Israel fell, how quickly during the timeline of Phineas, the high priest, which, by the way, that was another reason I was wrong. I said that it didn't even seem like uh, in this story that Israel even had a high priest or even had a judge. But we do see that Phineas is still the high priest. So once again, this story took place probably around 100-ish years after the wilderness, which is just so interesting, so crazy to me. But anyway, it says here in verse 18 that all of Israel arose against Benjamin, but before they did anything, they went to Bethel and they asked counsel of God. 
So they asked God, who shall go up for us first to battle against the children of Benjamin? And so God answers, Judah will go first. Remember the tribe of Judah, the biggest tribe of all of Israel. They were the ones who were supposed to go first out to battle against Benjamin. So the Israelites did something good here. They remembered where Yahweh's temple was. That's a good thing. Because <laughs> a lot of times in scripture, even within the first 100 years after Israel gains their land, you know, we see that uh, they didn't always go to Bethel to worship God. They would go wherever they wanted to go to worship God. And God specifically said, come to Bethel to worship me. But the people wouldn't do that. So it's really good that first and foremost, the Israelites went to Bethel to try to seek out God because that's where God told them to go. And secondly, they did seek out God. Like they looked for God's counsel. So that was another good thing that Israel did here before they went and attacked Benjamin. They asked counsel of God. And so God answered them. God said, Judah goes first. And so that's what ends up happening. It says the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. So Gibeah was the bad city, right? The city that had those evil men in it that um, slaughtered that poor concubine. And it says that uh, Israel goes up against Gibeah specifically. And it says in verse 21, this is interesting. The children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah to attack the rest of Israel. Now, what does that tell you? That means that Benjamin was so willing to protect these terrible, evil men that their encampment was in Gibeah. It would have been so much easier for Benjamin to just give up these terrible men. I don't know why they didn't. I mentioned on the last podcast that it's possible that all of Benjamin, all of the entire tribe was just so fallen and so willing to cover up evil because they were all pretty evil. They were all pretty corrupt and they didn't want to bring that corruption out into the light. So they were more willing to engage in a civil war against Israel than to give up several evil men who did this terrible thing. So Benjamin is protecting these men by encamping in Gibeah specifically. So all of the children of Benjamin, who are fighters, come out of Gibeah. And on that day, it says they destroyed 22,000 of the Israelite men to the ground. So Israel had a huge defeat from Benjamin. Like Benjamin slaughtered Israel. 22,000 Israelite men fell that day. Now, how could this happen? We mentioned on Monday that there was about, let's see here, 400,000 men, like Israelite men, who were going up against Benjamin. And Benjamin only had 26,000 men. Okay, so how, how could Israel get this defeated against Benjamin? Here's what I think. I think Israel didn't really want to fight Benjamin. I think they were much more willing to get themselves killed and to get their neighbors killed than to look bad by fighting against Benjamin. And this is pretty evident because here's what happens next. So after this huge defeat happens, all of Israel is sobbing and not because their men had just died. 
They weren't sad about that. They're sad because they have to go out and fight against Benjamin, their brother. That's what they say. So it says the children of Israel went and wept before Yahweh until evening. And they asked of Yahweh saying, shall I again draw near to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? So (laughs) Israel doesn't want to fight Benjamin. Now, they act like they want to fight Benjamin because they're initially shocked by what happened to the concubine. You know, they're initially shocked by all of that, but they don't actually want to follow through and do what needs to be done. What needed to be done here is Gibeah needed to be destroyed. It was said in scripture that if a city was that corrupt, Israel needed to go into that city and actually kill the people who were corrupt. That's what God said to do. And we know that all of Gibeah was pretty corrupt because when the Levite was there with his concubine, nobody was friendly towards them besides the one man who didn't even live initially in that area, like he was born and raised somewhere else. Everybody was super unkind to the Levite and to the concubine, and no one stood up for them when all this terrible stuff was happening in Gibeah. So Gibeah was a clearly terrible place. And that's what God is telling Israel to do, is to go up against Gibeah and destroy that area because it's filled with just rottenness to the core. But Israel didn't want to do it. They were too meek and they didn't want to look bad. So they're crying to Yahweh. Should we do it again tomorrow, Yahweh? Really? Do we have to? We don't want to do this. And Yahweh's like, go up against him. So it says the children of Israel did it, at least. They did listen to Yahweh. They did go up against Benjamin. It says they go up against the children of Benjamin the second day. And so Benjamin, again, went out against them out of Gibeah. Once again, that is very important language that Benjamin, all of Benjamin, every fighting man was protecting that evil city. So Benjamin goes out against Israel out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground 18,000 men. So Benjamin has no casualties that we know of, and yet they're striking down Israelites by the thousands. And you know, Benjamin didn't have any problem going up against all of Israel. So why did the rest of Israel have a problem striking one city? That's all they needed to do. They didn't need to go and destroy all of Benjamin. God never said to do that. And there's nothing in here that says that Benjamin had to be destroyed like that. It was the one city, Gibeah, that should have been destroyed. So Israel, they're, they're, they're not following through. They can't do it. But yet Benjamin, all of Benjamin has no trouble going up against Israel and slaughtering Israel. So it says again, the children of Israel, after this terrible defeat on the second day, first and second day, they have lost more fighters than Benjamin even had at this point. So they go up again to Bethel and they wept, it says in verse 26, and they sat there before Yahweh and they fasted that day until evening. They offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings before Yahweh. So why do people typically do this? When a person typically fasts and offers gifts to God and, um, you know, is crying and weeping to God, usually a person is doing that because they don't want to do something. Or they don't want to have to go through something that they are going through. 
which means that even though Israel now twice has been told by God, go do this, go up against Gibeah, Israel is crying and begging that they don't have to do this. And they're not crying and begging because once again, they lost 18,000 men in war that day. They're crying and begging because they don't want to strike down Benjamin and be the bad guys. So here's what happens. It says the children of Israel asked Yahweh, uh, shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? So there, there it is. It comes out right now. God, please let us cease this battle. Please don't make us do this. Please don't make us be the bad guys. We don't want to destroy Benjamin. And once again, they didn't have to destroy all of Benjamin. They didn't have to do it. They had to go in and cleanse Gibeah, a Benjamite city, obviously. But we know how bad Gibeah was. And the Israelites didn't do it. They didn't follow God's laws. God said any city that is corrupt to the level that Gibeah was corrupt should be destroyed. And any man who rapes a woman should be killed. So why is Israel struggling so badly to do this? And, you know, this is going to be a pattern we see with Israel throughout all of history. The inability to follow through on something that God tells them to do. Israel was always so concerned with what the rest of the world was doing, with what the rest of the world was worshiping, and how the rest of the world was living. And we're going to see that coming up into season seven, where Israel was desperately begging to have a king because all the other nations had a king. And then we also see Israel constantly falling away from God to follow idols because the rest of the world was worshiping these idols and it's not cool to follow Yahweh, right? And so they wanted to follow idols because that's what the rest of the world was doing. And so we see Israel falling into the same blunder that they often do. So they beg God, can we cease basically? And Yahweh says, go up for tomorrow. I will deliver him into your hand. So there you go. I mean, at this point, it kind of seems like Yahweh's getting a little frustrated just from my interpretation. It doesn't specifically say Yahweh's getting frustrated, but it seems like Yahweh is just saying now, like, just do it, like, shut up and do it tomorrow. I'm going to deliver them into your hand. So do what needs to be done. So this entire story, honestly, is a message to every modern Christian. First and foremost, we have to be very careful what we allow in our churches. Because if we allow corruption and greed and evil and sexual sins in our churches, it's going to cause problems just like it did for this city of Gibeah, first and foremost. And secondly, we need to be bold when confronting problems like that in our churches. We have to be very bold because even though this is the Old Testament and we don't live the exact same way that the Israelites lived. We don't follow the Old Testament law the way the Israelites did anymore. We still need to be bold in confronting problems and confronting morality issues because the New Testament talks about all of that as well. I mean, just read First and Second Timothy in the New Testament. You're going to see that Paul is literally teaching young Timothy, like this young, basically teenage boy, how to go and confront 
the evil that was going on in some of the Roman churches. So as Christians, we still need to be very bold and we need to learn how to confront problems instead of allowing them to just continue in our churches, which is unfortunately what um, the West has done. We've compromised our churches to appease the world. But we learn from stories like this in scripture that appeasing the world is never a good thing. Faithful listeners, tune in tomorrow because we'll be discussing the book of Acts. And as you guys know, I air my episodes at 6 a.m. Now, of course, you don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. to listen to a podcast episode because guess what? I'm not up. (laughs) I don't do these episodes live. I usually record them the day before. But I air them at 6 a.m. for all you lovely people that like to listen when you go into work or when you're commuting to work. So that is why they are aired at 6 a.m. But don't feel like you have to get up at 6 a.m to listen to an episode. But anyway, faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow. Until then, happy listening and God bless.